Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, and in this episode, we're going to consider the challenges of hiring and connecting top tech talent. My guest this time is Max Nirenberg, CRO and Managing Director for North America at Commit, a systems house delivering unique and integrative development projects for its customers since 2005. Commit's development areas include mobile, IoT, big data, communications and other applications, embedded systems, IoT devices, cloud solutions, cyber and security solutions, a advanced algorithms for AI, media, and interactive platforms, and a whole lot more. Max's role is to lead and to optimize the sales organization and spearhead strategic management planning for the global account management teams. His primary focus is to introduce the company's delivery capabilities to the US market. Max, welcome to the HR Chat Show. Thank you so much, Bill. It's great to be here, and I really do appreciate you giving Commit the platform to discuss our unique capabilities, which I feel are super relevant to the tech hiring challenges in today's world. Let's talk a bit about Commit. Tell me a bit about the, the mission and, and what areas the company specializes in. The best way I could explain it is that Commit is a global tech services company, right? Ultimately, we innovate uh, software, cloud, and IoT solutions. And our company has an interesting background because it was founded by these two brothers, uh, serial entrepreneurs. Uh, back in 2005, who themselves invested in like 15 different startups. And they realized that there was a glaring need in the market because I think at the time, like 84% of startups uh, never get the revenue. And besides the obvious possibility of just creating a solution that the market doesn't need, uh, another leading reason that startups fail is that they run out of cash in between funding rounds. Uh, Another one would be that they don't build the right team or they don't differentiate. So our goal was to help startups succeed. So we began working with startups all over the world, uh, leveraging our proprietary flexible R&D delivery model, which, you know, the easiest way to put it is you could think of it as R&D as a service, which saves companies tons of time and money. And by the way, we are super proud to say that 91% of startups that work with our firm successfully launch to market and get to revenue. Uh, as a matter of fact, 27 of Israel's unicorns have been our clients. But historically, that was true for two main reasons. Uh, one of those, uh, Bill, is that this like core flex model that's you know customer centric uh, for outsourcing projects. And the second is that we've built up you know a talent powerhouse of over 600 developers uh, across 30 different disciplines within. Uh, primarily split between Israel and Eastern Europe. And uh, the way the company was formed is we we built the powerhouse intentionally to support any kind of product iteration. So we were unique in the sense that we have dedicated practices that range from, you know, software to embedded to IOT uh, to supporting cloud migrations, you know, with big data and cyber experts. Um, And then when COVID hit, that's when I got excited because I felt like the timing for commit to enter the U.S. market was perfect because, you know, everybody was getting more comfortable with managing remote teams. And I think the competitive landscape in the U.S., uh, specifically for startups, you know, we're talking about niche consultancies who are, you know, 
pretty good, but they're expensive and they struggle to scale. And then you have your legacy giants who don't really necessarily focus on startups. So I felt that, you know, Commit's unique, I guess, value proposition was perfectly positioned to help startups here. Uh, and obviously right now there's an enormous amount of pressure to cut costs while also improving business outcomes. And I, I do believe that Commit is actually able to del deliver on both. Okay, thank you very much. Now, shortly, we're going to talk a little bit about the challenges around um, finding and attracting top tech talents. And my goodness me, that has been a challenge for several years now. And uh, <laughs> I don't I don't think there was ever any let up throughout the pandemic when it came to trying to find, you know, front and back end coders, for example. But before we get there, let's talk, let's talk in a little bit more general terms, Max. Hiring in the in the tech world has, has never been more difficult, of course, but particularly for startups. Um, what, what are some of the top challenges that companies face today when it comes to building their teams? I agree. Uh, CTOs and, and HR departments are really struggling right now since I think the combination of COVID and, you know, the gig, the gig economy um, created this situation where there's a supply and demand issue was born, right? Uh, software developer salaries are rising so quickly uh, and simultaneously they have so many options, right? So they can work anywhere they want. Uh, and additionally, I think, you know, from what I've seen, customer expectations have actually intensified. You know, they've not become more relaxed and understanding during COVID. Uh, it's quite the opposite, right? They expect perfection just delivered remotely. So, by the way, we are actually in the process of conducting a study of the top challenges and trends uh, within recently funded startups just to gain more timely and relevant stats. Uh, but prior to COVID or early in the early days, uh, the stats that I used to like were that according to LinkedIn, only 30% of companies are able to fill uh, an open tech position within the first 30 days. And the remaining 70% took anywhere from like, I think one to four months. Uh, meanwhile, according to the US Department of Labor, the cost of you know recruiting someone uh, is in the neighborhood of like 30% of one year salary. So the biggest challenge that I see now is finding quality engineers quickly that you can actually afford. So uh, I'll give you a, just a quick, I guess, anecdote. Um, software developers are being poached and headhunted daily, okay? And, and I'm not saying the people who are looking, I'm saying the people who are not. Uh, and, you know, they end up getting a raise of like 30% to what they're making. And they, you know, tell their employer, they put in their one month notice. And then they kind of go to market again a couple of weeks later. Uh, and they end up getting an extra 20 to 30% on top of the raise that they were going to receive. So I don't want to say that, that, you know, they're mercenaries for hire, but I, I can't think of a better term. I, I think right now developers are in such high demand that they're not getting 10, 20% increases in pay. We're talking about 50%. Yeah. Which is why, uh, we've seen huge numbers of kids straight out of school, uh, being hired, right? um to try, and fill, to try and fill those gaps and try and keep those costs down so so why is it so hard max to, to find and attract that top tech talent what, what, what trends are you seeing can you share stats on how, just how many or how competitive it is right now to to hire these these tech pros you know, put them on a pedestal for me max you know what, why are these people the, the creme de la creme for so many companies so for, from a from a trends perspective uh, I think companies, pe you know, people typically will follow these steps. 
they'll first try to hire in-house, right? Most companies will say, uh, I would like to build a team, an in-house team. And frequently that takes a lot longer than they expected. And then sometimes during this process, some of their existing team members actually get poached along the way. So then they try to get creative and they'll uh, very frequently to try to control costs, they'll start looking for freelancers. Uh, but I think that's an entirely new dynamic altogether, right? Where people are working multiple gigs simultaneously and you need to not only get lucky and find this incredible talent, but you also need to have an incredible infrastructure, you know, at a company level in place to manage a freelancer mindset, right? So, uh, and, and then after that, they tend to become more open-minded to, you know, truly outsourcing with a, an organization like ours. Uh, regarding the stats, you know, besides the stats I shared earlier, um, the other huge thing that I'm seeing is the demand for specialists is really growing. So you talked about back end and front end, but, and their, their salaries are skyrocketing. But if you need a DevOps expert or you need a big data architect, you know, get ready to pay north of, I don't know, $175 an hour in the States. So, and by the way, who knows if it's someone who basically, like you said, just, you know, took a few courses on Udemy uh, or recently graduated, you know, uh, my favorite stat that I read recently was on Corn Ferry uh, is that uh, the tech talent shortage issue is projected to result in more than $8 trillion in unrealized annual revenue by 2030. So it's a real issue. Uh, and I think what people are doing is people are... Uh, you said put it put put them on a pedestal I, I got a perfect story for you so i'll kind of uh, hopefully this will make sense and I'll, I'll do it justice but people are giving developers extra perks they're coming up with creative ways to attract and retain their talent so we are an israeli-born company so uh you're probably familiar with saturday night live well, in Israel, they have their own version of that. And there was, uh, you know, they, they were doing a parody and uh, it, there was a person who's working in an ice cream shop. And, you know, he's watching the TV and it's saying high tech is where it's at. You know, high tech is the future. This is where you can get rich. So he says, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go to high tech. So he calls an Uber uh, or a get as they have it in Israel. And and he says, take me to high tech. So, uh, so, you know, the driver takes him there and, and somehow he walks into the building and somehow finds himself in an interview and the interviewers, you know, they say, listen, we're an amazing place to work. We have all of these incredible perks. And by the way, in our, um, employee cafeteria, we have six flavors of ice cream. And he says, wow, well, where I come from, we have 24. So they say, I don't know where you come from. Maybe it's Google, Intel, Microsoft, but let me tell you something. We will give you stock options. We will give you a Tesla. As a matter of fact, we'll give you two Teslas, one for the morning and one for the afternoon. So I'm going to stop butchering this, 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 <laughs> this show, but uh, hopefully it really does shed light on right now, you need to be ready to pay up. Uh, or have something really special because uh, developers are in really, really high demand. So, what are what are the top reasons then for for your clients to to outsource their talent hiring and and managing, and and what are their concerns about going to an outsourcing model? I mean, you you, you started your last answer by saying the clients like to try and uh, 
uh, companies like to try and build internally when they can right um mm -hmm. but it, it is very time consuming and it can cost a lot of money and frankly if you don't have the, the right expertise in-house you, you could end up hiring someone i guess but then they end up being uh, to use a british term a bit rubbish um and then you've got to do it all all again and you've, you've lost that 30 percent you mentioned um so talk to us a bit about some of those reasons why why it might be a good idea to outsource Sure. Top reasons clients tend to outsource besides the ones we've discussed is that I think they recognize that they need to build an infrastructure that can support spikes in demands, you know, support their in-house teams with remote talent that's actually of high quality. And I think, you know, they're realizing that over the last couple of years, effectively, their in-house teams were sort of outsourced to begin with. Right. Uh, and they got better at managing, you know, collaboration and performance remotely. So, you know, opening themselves up beyond, uh, you know, a 10 mile radius of their company's headquarters uh, often can save them a lot on cost while having access to a, a much larger pool of experts. Uh, but the main concerns, you know, um, look, how good are the people, right? So how do I know that somebody's actually a good developer? Um, how will they blend within our company culture? You know, at a startup, culture means a lot. Uh, and then there's obviously, you know, the the issue with time zone misalignment. Um, but these are the obvious, you know, the the typical things I hear. There's obviously rebuttals to each, but these are definitely the basics that I come across. Now then, I understand that Commit recently announced its new cloud of people staffing solution. Uh, the new service addresses critical challenges companies face when hiring engineers and tech specialists today. My goodness me, everybody needs that. Um, applying the rapid scalability and flexibility seen in cloud tech to, to quickly build successful teams for, for any development project while reducing time and costs. Sounds good to me, Max. Tell me about the new offering and, and how it could change the game for, for tech team building. So thank you so much. Um, it, we are really, really excited about this, Bill. Um, you know, and just like any amazing idea, it was born out of a necessity. You know, we had a client with unique demands and, and cloud of people was born. So as I mentioned before, uh, our company was founded to serve startups with our unique flexible R&D delivery model back in 2005. And then we built our talent powerhouse to support this service offering in a way that intentionally supports product evolution. So as a product evolves, you know, the, it's not like it's a 600 front end developers, right? And because of our project based DNA of delivering over 1200 high tech products in the last 16 years, we were forced to build an infrastructure that identifies and hires only the best engineers, right? This is not purely a recruiting game for us. It's, it's like the key to our success. So our most senior tech people interview our hires, right? Uh, our, our team leads, our, v, our VPs of R&D, our CTOs, because in essence, we are always building our own internal project-based SWAT team, okay? Now, because of this, at any given moment, we have over a hundred recs open and we know how not to just interview, but test people technically, since this is the lifeblood of our business. And we had like an aha moment, which was we can apply the exact same thing to build teams for companies, as opposed to just take on projects. So we can now deliver a highly skilled senior dedicated team for our clients within two weeks time.
And by the way, I, uh, to your earlier question, to alleviate their concerns about skills and cultural fit, what we do is we enable our customers the ability to replace any of the team members after working with them for two more weeks. So should they not think of like, think of an 80 hour interview, you know? Uh, and they, by the way, if they choose to replace anybody, somebody's not an ideal cultural fit, or, you know, they're not as good of a developer as, as we said they were, if they choose to replace them, they pay nothing for those folks. We are very confident in our ability to identify incredibly talented engineers. And what we've added is we built an extremely customer centric account management model locally. So each client does not just have a salesperson, but they also have a client partner onshore, meaning locally, who is helping them with identifying cultural fit, helping them with onboarding properly. And lastly, the one other thing that we've added as part of the offering is to leverage our experience, frequently startups, they don't, they have like a middle management gap. They don't have enough of, you know, uh, team leads per se. So in those situations, we can also provide them with part-time project managers and team leaders should they need the oversight. And thus, we're able to deliver value right out of the gate. Wow. Okay. That is a heck of a guarantee. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to understand uh, on the flip side, what that conversation could potentially look like with, with a candidate then. So you guys are identifying these candidates. You're, you're super, you're super sure that you're finding the right people because you've got all these checks in place, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So you're having a conversation with this candidate and how, how, how do you approach the fact that, you know what, if they don't cut it in that 80 hour interview to use your term, then, then they're out. And, and how do they react to that? So the reality is, uh, first of all, I'm not the one having those discussions, <laughs> uh, personally. Uh, but second of all, we hire to a unique DNA of people. Uh, we hire to a DNA of people who want to be, um, challenged, uh, who want to express their creativity who like the idea of learning new technologies, you know, the idea of working on a, a cool startup is something that's really intriguing to them. And because we are grow we are growing very rapidly right now. And I'm not, you know, I'm knocking on wood, thank goodness, but we've grown significantly. Like we've, um, I mean, in the last two months, we added 80 people. We've almost doubled in size in the last year. So worst case scenario, if they're not a cultural fit, we feel very confident that there, there will be another client or project that we could put them on. But by having the internal, um, you know, customer centricity and client partner attention, we are going through, you know, these are the expectations of this client. These are their core values. This is what they look for. So we, we have a pretty rigorous, you know, uh, process of, filtering out the right people who we think will be a fit for the organization. And to be honest, I would be lying if I said 100% are kept. That is not accurate. Uh, but wow, is it a much quicker way to build a really great team? And obviously, you know, as we, as we see what is and isn't a cultural fit, whoever somebody gets replaced by, you know, will definitely work out. 
Okay, I love that you guys are growing at such a rapid pace, at such scale. If you're ever looking for someone with uh, expertise in podcast marketing, you've got my email, Max. Um, <laughs> but but what what are, what are the risks then of scaling so quickly? You know, let's not talk particularly about your company, but just generally, what 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 are those risks of scaling so quickly? And, and what can HR teams and hiring managers do to, to help mitigate some of those risks? So, for example, avoiding poor onboarding experiences ensuring communication between managers and, and new hires and uh, making sure that the new hires themselves get a chance to have interconnectivity all right so i i think this is an incredible question and there are definitely risks uh number one you definitely have to have a very strong leadership team uh, along with infrastructure and processes and and all the tools that you need you know like um for example if uh you know, you may want to alter when you have your, you know, daily standups, if you have teams that are offshore to be earlier in the morning, you know, like there are, there are little things that you can do to set up from an infrastructure perspective to, to give yourself more overlap and the ability for people to talk more and sync. Um, and as I mentioned, you got to have a strong middle management layer, like even the strongest developers require guidance and coaching. As I told you, I come from a sales management consulting world. I believe in coaching so much. So you need to have, you know, the product and the tech leadership uh, working, you know, to help these teams succeed. So as a really simple example, you can't have a poorly defined stories and bring on a team of 20 developers, right? You're going to have too many people asking too many questions and not enough middle management to actually answer them. So. If you acknowledge a lack of, let's say, internal middle management, then either make this a prime focus before scaling too quickly, or, you know, sorry to, to, to you know, uh, make this a commercial, but feel free to utilize our PM and team leads for oversight to help manage the new teams. But lastly, I'll, I'll say something that, you know, my boss would probably not be too happy with me saying, but I don't see anything wrong with growing a bit slower you know, depending on your situation. So I've heard multiple clients tell me that they're super happy with their smaller team that is producing at a higher level than larger teams that they've had in the past. So instead of adding 20 people right away, add five, you know, or add one or two at a time. So you could take the time to truly focus on them and infuse them into your culture. Uh, however, not everybody has this luxury, right? Some folks, you know, raised around and they're doing great from a sales perspective and guess what their customers require a lot of changes and features that you know and the product backlogs getting you know bigger and bigger and they really need they need the muscle if max's boss is listening out there hello thank you very much every download helps um i think he's giving cracking answers so don't give him a hard time please um okay so max according to commit how how will the the text job market perhaps change in the next five years you know what we've seen max over the last few years consistently even though we've lived through wave after wave of, of these damn variants um we've been living through this horrible pandemic for two years now we've consistently seen that those with high high skill jobs you know front-end back-end developers that they're, they're in demand is that going to remain the same for the next five years, maybe throughout the 2020s? Is, is anything going to change? What 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 are, what are commits predictions? Yeah, so I, I think so. I think it's going to remain the same. Um, 
you know, I, I, I chose to get into the software development marketplace for a reason, but uh, you know what, as I mentioned, while I'm really looking forward to learning from our survey, this is why, like, I'm, I'm asking myself the same question. So I want to ask our peers, I want to, you know, uh, but if I had to project, here's what I would say. It's going to be one world, one team, right? Borders are going to disappear. You know, these geographies with physical sites, I think will become a thing of the past. I mean, I have large customers who are basically not renewing their leases. They just don't see a reason to do so. So I think eventually you're going to have complete and hybrid teams. Uh, and the number one thing people are going to care about is I need the best people. Quality matters, right? So the best talent, no matter where they're located. And while I think people are slowly getting to that space now, um, I think five years from now, I think this is just going to be the norm. I, I, I just, I really do like, you know, um, not traveling to the office every single day. I'm not saying it's going to do away completely, but people are being more productive uh, in many cases, uh, you know, not sitting in traffic, you know, not dealing with the commute, you know, there, there's definitely, um, I think the future is that the world will get smaller in the sense that people will be much more open to saying, I need to build an infrastructure and I don't really care where people are. Max, I'm, I'm, I don't want to make you sad, but the reality is we are almost out of time. So uh, before we do wrap up, how can our listeners connect with you personally? So maybe that's LinkedIn. Maybe you want to share your email address. Maybe you're on Twitter. Maybe you're really cool and you're on TikTok. And how can they learn more about all the cool things happening over at Commit? So thank you. Thank you so much. I, I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I, I uh, This is a really cool topic that that I'm passionate about and, and it's you know near and dear to my heart uh, regarding how listeners can connect with me I am definitely not super cool I am not on uh, Twitter or TikTok, uh, but I am on LinkedIn LinkedIn is definitely a very easy way to connect with me and obviously you can always email me at uh, max.nirenberg at commit.us um, and obviously, you know, from a learn more about commit, obviously we have our company page on LinkedIn and feel free to check out our us based website, which is uh, commit.us. Excellent. And I'm sure there'll be lots of links in the show notes as well. That just leads me to say for today, Max, you absolute gentleman. Thank you very much for your time on this episode of the HR chat show. It has been my pleasure. Thank you so much. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.